0: Coaches, and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to episode 83 of Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. And today I am really looking forward to this topic because I think it's really important and something we don't talk about enough. We're going to talk about with my special guest, how to find your voice in your, in, in your coaching work. Now, sometimes as instructional coaches, we see issues that are really big. We see problems um, in the way that things are done on our campus that are maybe impacting certain groups of students negatively, whether that is kids who are, you know, students of color or students who are um, in certain financial situations or kids who have certain home situations or kids who are in the special ed program. So we sometimes see things that are going on. We see them in our our schools, we see them in our communities, we see them in our country. And we don't always know how to talk about these things. We don't know how to find our voice and start talking about what's really important. And so then we just kind of, we try to make small changes but we're kind of like, you know, going along to get along or getting along to go along. I don't remember which way it goes. (laughs) One of those two things. We're just getting through the day. And maybe we're trying to suggest literature that might be a little more inclusive, or we're trying to help people, you know, and you know, kind of uh, tie in some some inclusive lesson plans or something along those lines. But we're not really addressing the heart of the matter because we're afraid to make the waves, right? So today I'm going to talk to a special guest about how they actually found their voice in coaching and in their work that they share online as well. Um, we're going to talk about how they, they started sharing their thinking, uh, figuring out how they can address topics that are challenging to people and communicating things with people that maybe they didn't really want to hear about in the first place and you know, some of the outcomes of this work that she's been doing. So I'm really excited to welcome my guests today because I think they're gonna help us think through a challenging topic and a place that maybe we're all finding ourselves sometimes, having important things to say about really important issues and not knowing how to do it. All right, so I would like to welcome Heather, to the podcast today. I am so excited to have you here. I've been following, we were just chatting a minute ago, I've been following you on Instagram for a long time. And so I'm looking forward to hear you talk a little bit about the changes that you've gone through um, with the way that you're talking about really big issues that might be kind of daunting to some. So thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, likewise, Chrissy. I'm super excited. Um, like we were saying just a few minutes ago, I feel like I know you because we've been kind of doing this journey together. Um, I first started following you when I was a coach and now I'm working in higher education. Um, but just your presence and the resources that you have on Instagram have just been have been great. So I'm excited to be here. Well, thank
0: you so much. I appreciate that. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and talk a little bit about how you ended up
1: where you are, (laughs) where you are, (laughs) what kind of work you do. (laughs) Um, Okay, so my name is Heather Michelle. um, And I guess the brief version is I got into teaching um, because I really wanted to address the social issues and um, issues of inequality that I was seeing and witnessing around me and in the world, some of my own experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't have a teaching degree and I had learned about the Teach for America program. Um, and I had already graduated with my BA and I didn't want to go back um, and teach for America. You don't have to have a teaching credential. You can just mm-hmm. apply and then they place you in an under-resourced, underprivileged area. Um, and so I applied and I got in and I got placed in Houston, Texas, um, where I taught for two years, second grade. Um, and then I just, from there, I just fell in love with teaching. It was just so... I just love the students, I love the primary developmental level of students in primary. Um, I love teaching kids how to read. You know, I really felt like I was making an impact. Um, and from there, I moved to San Diego to live with my grandmother. And um, and at that point, I got a job at a charter school, um, five miles within the Mexico-US border um, down here in San Diego. Um, And I worked at that charter school, teaching first and second grade for eleven years, Um, and also was fortunate enough to work in a in at a school that the philosophy really aligned with my philosophy. They were all about, um, you know, how can we allow our students the most success? Um, Working with marginalized populations, um, you know, just really being intentional about how we can serve the community that we were teaching. So after, while I was a teacher, um, I got my master's and then I got my doctorates. From there, I started becoming more interested in working with adult learners and adult teachers. And so I got a job as a coach um, and worked at a dual immersion school, a 50-50 dual immersion school. Um, I speak Spanish, but I do not, um, I never was a Spanish um, teacher in a classroom, but I do speak Spanish. So I got that job Um, and was, you know... um, implement, helped, helped to implement the Common Core um, and then I was an adjunct professor at USD and my current position is um, statewide clinical practice coordinator for National University here in California. So um, I still teach courses, classes um, but that's the role that I feel right now. So really shaping the experiences that student teachers have in that stage of their development.
0: That's amazing,
1: so exciting that
0: work um, and so essential I think. So um, over the last, really, I mean, it's been, Probably about six months or so, really longer. This is actually going to come out in October. Um, so I do, because yeah. <laughs> we do an yeah. in advance around here. Yeah. Like I said, we got a little one on the way, so we got to be <laughs> realistic yeah. about time. Um, but I, I've noticed that you really started changing the focus of what you were sharing about and started to share some really important ideas, specifically on your Instagram feed, because that's where, that's where I, I see most of your stuff. Yes. And you were asking people to think about how these important social ideas affect teaching and learning. Um, so could you talk a little bit about that, about you know,
1: why, what you're sharing and why you decided to do that? Um, that's a great question, question Chrissy, because it's something that I've been reflecting on recently because I've been really intentional about sharing. And because you've known me long enough, you can see the trajectory, like you know yeah. the different things that I've been sharing on Instagram. Um, so when I was a teacher in the classroom, like addressing societal issues and like thinking about, you know, racial equality and all that kind of stuff just came really naturally to me. And it felt like I was making having an impact because I was working within marginalized communities and I was a teacher and I felt good about doing that work. And I was mm-hmm. teaching kids how to read. And there was like this direct connection between my work as a teacher and that work in our society and like making the world a better place essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I moved away from the teaching context in the classroom, it was kind of like those things were important to me, but I didn't know how to make that connection. I didn't know how to, like you know, working as a coach, that was still part of my work, um, and I and I did incorporate that in different ways in my coaching, and I and I feel like I was I, I did a pretty good job of doing that. Um, you know, we did a bilingual speaker series in my school, like different initiatives that I started to try to do there. Um, but it didn't feel as, as, um, as strong. That makes sense. Like, I didn't feel like my impact was as big as it could, it could be. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's the part that I struggle with when I'm, you know, not being face to face with students, how can I continue doing work around the issues that I feel strongly about? Right. Um, and still feel like I'm making an impact and still, you know, I am a leader. So how can I use my gifts as a leader and the people that I impact to affect change with the people I do interact? You know, that was like my, like my question, so a lot like the, you know, the, one of my most frequent, po- my most recent posts is like leverage your gifts. Like, what do you have to offer? How can you leverage what you know and the experiences that you had to make an impact in the world? Um, because that's my own process. That's what I'm kind of thinking about and dealing with right now as I'm, as I'm thinking about, okay, what am I still passionate about? What's really still important to me, mm-hmm. um, you know? And, and in my leadership roles, how can I move those ideas forward even if I'm not in the classroom, does that make sense? So it's yeah. been kind of a personal journey for me. I'm still figuring it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the metamorphosis or like yeah. the process.
0: Yes, I can, I can absolutely see that. And I know what you're saying is because you, when you work with kids directly, you you know how your, your beliefs and what you're learning and your understanding of societal issues and everything, you know how it affects your teaching. So then you feel
1: like it is directly impacting you're in the yeah. Internet. Yeah. Yes, you're in the trenches, but when yes. you know like um being an adjunct professor, you know, um you know, working at, at the couple of universities that I've worked with, you know, uh, you know, the population of teacher the teacher demographics are female and white pretty much like 60 to 70% of the teachers that graduate. Um that's the population. So I wasn't working in a marginalized community anymore. I was working in a privileged community. So what does that mean for my work? You know what I mean? Like I had to kind of make in in its. I, I know I I know I'm where I need to be, but it was kind of like I had to shift and think about that differently. Yeah. Like,
0: yes, because you're you're working with people who don't have the same experiences necessarily as, as their students. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's that's there. You're trying to kind of give perspective. Um, yeah. and, and that's a whole other kind of work. And it's kind of like whenever we think about um, windows and mirrors in the classroom, mm-hmm. that looks different in every classroom. What yeah. the window is, what the mirror is, you know? yeah, it, it depends on the kids. If you're trying to reflect your kids with a mirror, you need to know who your kids are. And if you're yeah. trying to give them windows, you need to know what they have not experienced.
1: Yes. And show
0: them different lives. So it's yeah, that's, that's a really good So one thing that is really hard to do when you're an instructional coach, um, is to find a way to say things that challenge people without turning people off. right? Um, and not that we can be responsible for the way everything is received. Mm-hmm. you can't. But um, sometimes there are things that you could do that are maybe a better choice than others, right? So how did you arrive in this place of communicating these challenging things with people who might not always want to hear that? Because you know, I, I have a friend as well who is a professor, and he also has had some very challenging conversations with some of his students that were some were well received and some were like, no, you don't you don't, you know, you're, you're way off. you know. So what does that, what does that look like? How did you arrive in a place of, of just putting these challenging things out there in a way that is,
1: Um, Thoughtful. Um, That's such a great question, Chrissy. I think for me, like, like I think for me, principally, everything starts with relationships, right? Like, you cannot get any work done. You cannot impact anyone you're trying to work with unless you have a relationship with them. Um, And I, when I mean relationship, I mean you need to really be invested in their success like it has to come from an authentic place Mm -hmm, Um, and you have to know about their kids and their mom that's has dementia and whatever it is that they're dealing with because you have to connect with them in the heart I think really is a coach Mm -hmm. and also as a teacher Um, and that starts with with relationships and that's with you know students in in higher education um, anyone really Um, but I think one thing that that's like kind of my go-to and I can't say that this is super effective in all situations and in all, um, you know, in every context, but um, it's a simple thing. And you probably, it's probably a strategy that you already know about Chrissy, but um, is looking at the data <laughs> is having that three-point conversation. Um, so instead of having the conversation face like you and me and we're mm-hmm. the only people, the only variables, having you and me in a third artifact, whether that be data, whether that be, um, you know a picture of a student um something that you can look at that takes the confrontation off of Mm -hmm. the two people that are involved and puts it between this this it's kind of like a triad so that you're kind of kind of deflect the energy you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so it might be the data and the thing about data is that um you know you want to look at multiple data points to get a clear picture on anything but um it is it is an accurate snapshot of a moment in time so you know how are your students? How are the you know first of all who are you teaching? What who are the demographics of your students? Like how well do you know them? Mm-hmm. Um, what does the data say about how your instruction is going for those students? How are you finding like, that? How are you finding that to be working? Have you considered other things like having the teacher um, kind of process and be open enough and comfortable enough to share with you um, how their experiences. Um, and how their teaching really is going with their students, I think is the first step, because most teachers that are self-reflective, if you get them to start talking about their students, they will share with you their own kind of like um, worries about certain things that they feel like maybe they're, you know, there there are certain weaknesses or things that they need to, they feel like they need to address in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's um, a first step. I have. I could say more. Do you want me to keep talking? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Of course, I have more to say about. This. I was just saying <laughs> that. Um, I was just gonna say that it is really hard because I have been a situation I have been in, um. You know, no, no one is outside of. No one is outside that. Um, no one is. What? What am I trying to say? There's. There's always work to be done. Mm-hmm. Everyone has an opportunity. You know, everyone has an opportunity to level up. You know what I mean? Like. Um, Just because you're Mexican American or you come from an immigrant background and you happen to be teaching students that are immigrants themselves does not um, excuse you from being reflective on your own biases and the, you know, the perspective that you bring to your classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think being able to talk about that and, and, um, being able to operate from that perspective on like within a, um, a learning community or within a specific school site can be really valuable because it kind of puts us all in the learning position and we all have work to do. And um, and if you have discussions around that, then when somebody says something offensive or something comes up for you or your students, then you have the language to talk about it and you have the context to do that work. Does that make sense? Am I making mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are. Okay, I, mean, I just wanna make sure um, because yeah, so, um, so I guess those are the two things I would say about that. Right, it, it, yeah. It's really hard. And especially when people, I mean, I've been in the situation where people have said things that I find personally offensive And your first inclination is the emotion. Like the, ang- not, I don't know if it's anger, but it's like, you know, how dare they, you know what I mean? It feels like anger. <laughs> I mean, this is my experience. It feels like anger. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just like, guess for me, maybe it's hurt. It's just like, what? Yeah.
0: Sometimes it is hurt.
1: Yeah. It's like, what? I can't believe you just said that. And like, right. I thought we were on the same page, but, but it's like, I might say something to offend them too. You know, I have to be okay with taking that from them too, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Hard work.
0: It is, it is hard work and it is, it can be emotionally exhausting. Uh, sometimes. Oh. <laughs> Because dealing with the hurt and the anger and the frustration and and sometimes the, like the, the doubt you can have hope. And then sometimes you just get beat up and you feel like I, it's really hard to have hope right now you know, that that I can actually have an impact on the way this person thinks or the way this group of, you know, if you're like an Instagram, for example, you're sharing with whoever happens to be peeking at your Instagram account yes. that day. And so you don't really have those relationships with people in that situation. And so you're just putting stuff out there and yes. it can be difficult um, because you are hoping to, you know, give someone maybe a perspective they didn't have or reaffirm something they do think. But sometimes what actually ends up happening is you find out, you um, sometimes we step in it also like totally
1: no i know that happens a lot yeah
0: yeah yeah sometimes you in like our intentions we know that that impact is more important than intentions because our intentions can be good and we can still mess it up yeah Um, and that's when we're trying so yeah yeah yeah. yes so it's it's it is we do have to have some humility along with that and then and, and hopefully my go-to is always, and this is not always a good thing. I recently had an interaction where this was not a good strategy. It did not work, um, but my, interac- my go-to is always, okay, I'll just, let me give, let me inform you. If you're saying this thing, let me inform you about what, you know, where the opposite of that is coming from, or, yeah. you know, let me give you, provide you with some facts or some information. And maybe that will be what it takes for you to say, okay, well, maybe I could think about that. And I I'm going to change your mind overnight, but maybe I could think about that. And sometimes that works and many times it does not. So it
1: just, <laughs> it just depends on, on what you're, you're dealing with. Yeah. So yeah, what, it's just, yeah, as a coach, I think it's really hard because you, it's a balancing act between mm-hmm. not saying you don't want to say so much that you're going to push people away because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't be effective if you're pushing people away, but right. you also want to challenge them mm-hmm. um, to yeah. think, you know, to th- just, you know, think about other perspectives and think mm-hmm. about, you know, where their students might be coming from or, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that can be difficult meeting people where they
0: are and then pushing and challenging the thinking a little bit can be difficult because everybody is in a different place. And um, sometimes people are not where we thought we had misconceptions about um, what people think. And so that, that makes it challenging as well. So your, your anti-racism racism posts, especially, you've been posting a lot about that over the, you know, um, really this past year. And some of those have been like, well, they've actually been great. In general, they've been great. And some of them are really thought-provoking. Some of them are really informative. You know, they all have different kinds of tone. What kinds of ideas are you hoping that people are gonna walk away with when they read those? Um,
1: you know, I think I'm kind of approaching it with like a teacher education lens at this point like Mm -hmm. um I'm thinking about those teachers that I um that I have in my in my classroom and whether they're you know in my in my previous courses and the courses I teach like um whether they're interested in anti-racist anti-bias education or um you know, whether they're thinking about it or, you know, wherever they are in that spectrum, I think, you know, from a, from a professor standpoint, okay, let's define our terms. What are we talking about? Like, because there's so much, especially right now, there's so much stuff going on. There's so much information and there's all a whole new set of buzzwords. And like, what does that mean? Right. Yes. Um, yeah. And what I often find is that people don't know what they're, not that they're using those words, but it's almost like they, they're a little bit scared because they don't have an understanding of what um everyone's talking about or Mm -hmm. like especially if they're coming from a perspective that maybe they're you know um a privileged background or you know if they're coming from a a background where they can't readily identify these things Mm -hmm. um and they're just they want to help like that's the thing is Mm -hmm. with, with the teachers with the teacher candidates i've worked with it's like they're just so anxious to do the right thing and make an impact and help but they don't know where to start or what to do, or what does it mean? And they know that they come from a, they know they have a specific you know, perspective, but you know, what does that mean? Like, there's just so many, mm-hmm. um, and then they're just trying to teach, like they're just trying to learn right. how to do it, right? <laughs> so um, so really those posts are like, are that just, let's just all make sure we're operating off of the same knowledge base. Like, what are we talking about? Um, because a lot of my followers, you know, um, like my in my courses, I'm like, follow me here. You want like, in, you know, I'm a super, I'm a student teacher supervisor right now. I'm like, if you want tips on distance learning, here's a whole bunch of tips on distance learning. So I'm kind of like, in my own professional work, I'm like sending my new teachers over there, and so I kind of like that's my new. That's kind of like the. Um, the stance I'm taking like but then also just just you know any anybody like let's just make sure that we know what we're talking about so that we mm-hmm. can operate off of common knowledge and then move forward with that, you know mm hmm yeah that's a good point that that because people are, are really
0: moving in the direction of trying to understand mm-hmm. anti racism more. Um, knowledge is changing quickly and understanding is changing yes. quickly yeah. and so it's very easy to be like i don't know am i saying this right am i thinking am i am i way off here yeah. um, and things that we maybe thought were good in the past maybe there are some questions about that you have to read that and decide okay is that like, do I think that, you know, because everybody's putting stuff out there and you have to really, like, be be really reflective and think about, okay, well, I'm I'm taking in this new information. It's at odds with something that I thought I knew. And I have to decide, um, do I wait until we get more information? Do I, you know, what does, what does that look like? And so I feel like this is this ongoing process. And so having um, a place just to share Your thinking and share, you know, basic information that people should know, and then um, add to that knowledge base is a great tool. Yeah, so those are, those
1: are my kind of intentions around that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, So how has the, the, doing this work, like you actually, you know, learning more about this topic, sharing more about this idea, you know, how has that, Affected the coaching work that you're doing with your teachers, and you mentioned using Instagram as kind of a, a source for them to go learn. I mean, they can dig back through all the stuff you've already had and say yeah. print. Um, but what else? What other kinds of of an impact do you see?
1: Um. So let's see. How has this work impacted? How has my interest in this area impacted the work that I do with with student teachers? Um. I would say. Um, oh my gosh, I love I love, I love this question, Christy, because I could just feel my my um my passion level go up when you start. Asking- <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like asking me all these great questions. Um, no, it really goes back to for me, for me, everything goes back to identity and purpose. Like that's another thing that I post all about. Like so, so for me, it's like um you know understanding your bias really is about understanding who you are as a teacher. Like who are you? Like what is it that you Uh, what experiences, pre-teaching experiences, um, you know, personal experiences that you are bringing to, what what are you gonna bring as a person to the context and knowing who you are and how you operate and what are you um, successful at and what are some of your fears, like all that stuff that that encompasses your identity, like how can, um, I can encourage new teachers to develop that more will really put them in a position to be successful when they work with their students. and so, and, and hand in hand with that is purpose. Like, um, I think about this all the time. Like, um, if you, you know, because in the back of my mind is that, um, that issue with t- new teacher attrition, right? Like, how can we keep, as a coach, I'm sure, you know, that's something that, um, uh, or I know it was something that was discuss, discussed frequently with me. It's like, how can we keep teachers in the profession? Mm-hmm. Um, and so having a clear purpose is one way to, really ensure that so um and sometimes you know like when i work with new teachers one of the first questions i always ask is you know what brought you what brought you to teaching like why are you interested in this profession um and i think that the people that make it you know teaching a career in the in the teachers that um can hang in there through the thick and thin are the ones that can really articulate a clearer sense of purpose. Like I'm here and usually, I mean, it serves them better if they can identify a purpose that's outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for me, it was all about social justice, right? So yeah, I have hard days and what? Like, you know, there's still students that can't learn how to read or that aren't reading. And what does that mean for them in the rest of their education? Like there there was no, you know, if that if that was my sense of purpose, there was no bad day that was going to shake that. You know what I mean? Like yes, it was, you know, or like um, you know, right.
0: I... Yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> exactly what you mean. Because when your purpose is bigger than all the awful stuff that happened that day, you're like, well, that's just what I'm slogging through to get to the really important thing. All, that all yeah, because I have this big thing that I've got to do.
1: Yeah. And I also want to say it doesn't have to be like, you know, social inequality, like, right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I mean, that's just me. That's just what mm-hmm. fires me up. But I mean, like you know, it could be like, um, you know, more women in science, or it could be, mm-hmm. um, you know, just teaching kids to, to read or, you know, whatever you have a really, really strong interest in a specific subject matter. And that's mm-hmm. just, you know, um, so you know or maybe your faith is huge and you know maybe it's a calling it's a ministry for you like whatever it is Mm -hmm. um but kind of helping our 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 teachers think through that um so that they can hang on to that and that it's really clear to them um because there's going to be hard days and um you know there's going to be times where you don't like the kids and Mm -hmm. you know for whatever reason um you know, you have, it's, it's going to serve you to have something bigger than that.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yes, that is
1: such a huge idea.
0: And I hadn't even thought about it, you know, in that concrete sense, but you're, you're so right. Um, Because, you know, I'm still in education, because I believe certain things are really, really important. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what school you work at, um, or what your administration is like. There are years that make you you doubt a lot of things and maybe you're, you're very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens, absolutely. Colleagues that just not on the same page or you know, whatever it is, it happens and that's normal. But having um, a purpose that's so much bigger than you Keeps you coming back to do the work in some way, whatever that looks like. Yes. Um. Even if you do end up going into, a, I mean, people do leave the field, but they bring something with them, and maybe they apply it in that other that other field or that other context. So, right. yeah, if you have a, a purpose that's larger than you, that's bigger than than just the day to day stuff, then that can that can keep you in education, or it can at least motivate you to do that work throughout your life in a different way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's hugely important. Huge. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about people who go into the field. Like we always say, for the wrong reasons, right? There are people who go for yeah. the wrong reasons. Um, but we have to think about well, what are the right reasons? And they look yeah, at exactly for everybody. Um, yeah. It's it's um, it's it's that you have something you're trying to accomplish that is bigger than just any one day. That's huge. So, what are some of the positive outcomes that you've seen? Like how have your students responded, or you know, the the, the new teachers, how have they responded to this? How do um, Like, have you seen positive outcomes on Instagram? Gotten good feedback? What are you seeing as a result of sharing about these ideas?
1: Um, You know, I've seen I've seen really positive impacts. You know, just thinking about the teachers I used to coach and and um, the teacher candidates. Like I said, I'm 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 staying. That's what Instagram is one way I can continue to stay in contact with them. You know, so Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy doing that because then I get to see how they evolve in their own teaching practice. but yeah, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback. I mean, it's encouraging, um, it's kind of interesting. And I know Christy, you have this experience too where you post something on Instagram and like, you're kind of like this entity and you just post and you don't really know like what's happening and people like it. Some people don't like it or whatever. And it's like, um, so, you know, I do get I do get positive feedback from, from people that live in the area or people that that I do actually see face-to-face or on Zoom mm-hmm. now that say, I really am really enjoying your content. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, I'm on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's hard. Sometimes you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of like this personality out there. So they don't necessarily feel like they need to engage, you know, like in, in yes. a, like you would with friends. So it's interesting oh, that's sometimes. True.
0: That's true. That's true. I'll I'll share things. And then I get an email like five months later about something that positively impacted them and that they really appreciated but it's this whole long they're like oh I've been I've been reading everything about this really that's I'm glad you told me because I didn't know yeah yeah so if you're listening listener coaches tell people when you like things (laughs) exactly it does feel awkward because i know i'm really terrible about that too it's rare that i will comment on something and i know they say you're supposed to give what you want in return but i'm terrible at it so i don't expect much in return (laughs) but um but yeah you you do it is rare to do that because you don't feel necessarily like oh well they already they're just posting they know what they're talking about so i'm not going to say anything Um, that's not always the case sometimes you're putting something out there and you're really hoping that it's helpful and you're not really sure
1: (laughs) yes just fingers crossed you know right (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it's been received well. So mm-hmm, great. So
0: if coaches only walk away with one idea from this episode, what would you think that it should be?
1: Oh, one idea. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've kind of already touched on it. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's this saying that I, that I like to operate off of. I don't even know where it came from. My sister gave it to me, um, but it kind of, it's that um i think how does it go people first process second product third i posted that too Mm -hmm. so people first process second product third so Mm -hmm. people come first so relationships come first that's that's where the real work is um and of course the process you know let's focus on the process um and then what we're able to achieve the product it's great, you know, but it might not end up the way, it might not end end up the way you had initially attended intended and um, and really the beauty and the good work happens in the people and the process to get you there. And um, so, yeah, that's what I would say with that. That's kind of how I try to live and operate by in, in you know, working with the people I work for, for right now and just any interaction I have to be honest like that. Oh, I love that. can people find you online to learn more about this um dr michelle underscore coaches um -hmm. for instagram i have a facebook page and it's connected to that but i really interact more with my instagram account Mm -hmm. so um so yeah
0: That's the place. All
1: right. Well, thank you so much um, for joining
0: me today and for sharing your thinking about this and hopefully inspiring some people to find their voice, to think about what's important and to find a way to, to embed that into their work and to share that with others.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity, Chrissy. I really appreciate it. It's been great.
0: Thanks. So next week, episode 84 is all about communication. I'm going to speak with Lisa Westman about effective communication with instructional coaches, we're going to talk about um, empathy and how that's supportive of effective communication, first steps establishing relationships, and so much more. So definitely tune into that episode next week. That's episode 84 Communication with Lisa Westman. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching.